song. Um, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh my soul, worship His holy name. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for today, for this Sunday service. Thank you, Lord, for every segment. Thank you for every testimony. Thank you, Lord, for the Rhapsody segment. Thank you for all we're able to learn from that. Thank you for the prayer segment. Thank you for all the points covered, Lord. We pray for our families. pray for our friends. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your presence, to unite like this and hear your word. I pray, Lord, that this segment blesses everyone, that we all learn something and go back changed. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Cool. Last week, we, oh, you changed position. Cool. Last week, um, we finished a series, right? We concluded Unification by the Spirit, and you'll be able to catch every part of it on our YouTube podcast, um, podcast on anything, absolutely anything. You can check the Apple Music, Spotify, Radio Podcast, Breaker, Beaker, name it, we're there. So there's that. Um, so you can catch that. And we've been curious. Now, who remembers what I said I was going to share after that series? Cool. So I was going to, do you remember? Oh, <laughs> please. We're going to share on tithes, offerings, Right? I was going to explain that because it's something that's not really understood. Um, we're not always so clear about it, so I was going to take us on a very, very nice breakdown. It's so that you do, you live this your Christian life more intentionally. It's not meant to be something you're just doing, you don't even know what you're doing, you understand? You need to be woke, you need to know, okay, this is why I'm doing this, this is why I'm doing this, you know? I like people to have a reason, there's a reason why you're going for something. So, but I, I was, Shocked when somebody messaged me. Is it this was it this week? It was this week message, you know? Well, okay, Sunday is the start of a new week, isn't it? So last week. <laughs> cool. And when she messaged me, I was like, okay. But that was not it. She now said she's coming with someone. I said, okay. <laughs> so I then thought to myself, I said, how will somebody new be coming to church? And the first thing we are talking about <laughs> is ties and offerings. <laughs> I said, no, I have to change my ways. <laughs> so I decided to change it. So we'll deal on that topic maybe next week, if we finish what we want to do now, okay? Uh, when, when church is quote-unquote small like this, you can make changes for individual persons. When it becomes large, then it's whatever people, everybody sees, they see on Sunday, you know? She sang a well done. I'm so, I'm so happy, let me be talking like that, I'm so proud, I'm so happy. 
that you left the second. Thank you so much. Because some people came late. But it's okay. <laughs> Thank God for punctuality. Um, but really, really, you let so well. You let so well. Because she's just been seeing the segments, you know, and she did it. Very, very wonderful. See this sound? Do you know what it is? It's a projector. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I kept wondering what it was. I said, what's the generator that actually starts in the middle of the like, hello? Well, it's cool. Um, we would ignore it. We'll try to deal with it. Who can guess my subject? Let's take a wild guess. Wild guess. Huh? Devil. No, no, no. Jay guess. Just wanted to know about, you know. I thought we talked about the devil thing in the, in the last, yes, we touched it in the last part. Okay. I'm going to be dealing on seven types of prayer. Seven types of prayer. Okay. And let me see the time so I can help us. Seven types of prayer. The first scripture, let's look at Luke chapter 18. Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry, when you hear it, you know. You will remember today. Luke 18 from verse 1. I always love when it's here, so everybody can read it. I'm going manufactured. What does it say? And he spoke or spake a parable unto them. In words, the thing is so much longer. I'm here stretching my. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray. Okay. That people ought always to pray and not to faint. Who was speaking here? Jesus. Right. Luke was obviously accounting about what was happening. And Jesus gave a parable. Okay? It's like a, a simple wise saying that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So we would all agree that prayer is important. We know that it's important. When you are, when you are deemed religious, at least by the world, it's agreed. So you're someone that prays. So prayer is important, right? Now, there's one thing about myself, and it's the love for results. I like results. I don't like to be involved in anything just for the sake of being inside. You know? Ask somebody, why do you drink? For nothing, just, just. I can't do with you, just, just. I need to know why you drink. Why do you smoke? Why do you do what you do? Why do you live the way you live? Like if I ask you, why do you brush in the morning? You can tell me. Because you don't want the world to die and you start speaking to other people. <laughs> Simple, yes sir? So there has to be explanation. So prayer, who has prayed and your prayers have worked before? Oh, Chisenga even said something. She said she prayed about friends and then Jay popped up two days later. Okay. In fact, I could even be asking, what did you pray about this that night? You know, what did you pray about this? <laughs> I should actually, isn't it? So I'm saying fall in love with results. Let me just have the quotation here. Fall in love with results over theory. Results over religion. Results over right. Right there is R-I-T-E. Who wants to copy all of that? Okay, let me try for you guys. Results over theory. Results over religion. Results over right. R-I-T-E. That's something that's customarily done. 
Results over ritual. I'll take it again, Corinne. Results over convention. What's conventionally done? Traditional ways of doing something. Results over expectation. Maybe from other people. Results over drama. And seeming wonder. Don't worry, I'll say it again. Results over everything. Usually, I never have these kind of quotations. But there's a reason I'm saying it. This world is formed, okay? If your OB's membership is like 30,000, over 30,000 students, having one, two, three, four, see now, all the people that are watching the video will now snatch our numbers to them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, cool. This means I'm impacting eight people in UOB. Okay. UOB. <laughs> and it's like, I want you to understand that the behavior, if you say, how do UOB people behave? This is contributing to somebody's perception of UOB. Hmm? The point is, when a group is started like this, anything like this, you are deciding to be a point of influence. You're, you're deciding that you want to be able to shape stuff, the character of people. Church is an opportunity to kind of learn about your, your religion, your faith, and all of that, and it improves you. It changes something about you, maybe the way you go over stuff. Now, in Christianity, people say that we have a lot of divisions and divides. It's always or it's simply because of understanding, right? We understand things differently, and that's why there seems to be divisions. So right now, what I'm putting forward is the, a way that I want you to think about some stuff. And that's why I'll take it again. I want you to pursue in your life results over theory, results over religion, Results over right. What is conventionally done? R-I-T-E. Results over ritual. You know, there are many rituals in the world. I, I, I once met uh, a French girl, and she was explaining to me that before she leaves her room, there's this thing she'll touch and, and leave. I don't know. It looked, it was a very interesting thing. Uh, it was interesting. She said she'll touch it. It's like a good luck. I say, bye-bye. I don't even know what it was. You know, and she'll touch it and leave. And when she's come back, she'll touch it again. I said, interesting. These are rituals. Question, what does it do? Are we just doing it? So results over convention, a traditional way of doing something. Results over expectation. You know, sometimes people could look at you and they want you to do something a certain way. That's what's expected. But the question, is it working? Understand? Results over expectation. Results over drama. That this thing looks nice. Hollywood. Um, results over seeming wonder and results over everything. The greatest joy in life comes from results. Right? But even when what we want is not achieved. There are lessons and joy from the process. We love results. We all do. We love when, maybe let's not even talk about uni right now, because it's a peak season. But we like to see that something worked out. That's the result. Like Sam worked on a lyric video, whatever, whatever and it's, it's there. Results. But even when our results are the things that we want, don't you know, pull through, there's still something to learn in the process. Today I'm sharing on seven types of prayer. And the reason is, you need to know them, of course, and check your life, check yourself. Are you taking advantage of each of them? Is there an area you're falling short? And could that be the reason why maybe you're not having the benefits of that? 
area. When we see them, you'll be able to diagnose for yourself. Okay? Alright. The first type of prayer, I'm going to go straight in. Only for a long introduction, take time. The first type, prayers of worship. Prayers of worship. We started out this service with a prayer segment, prayer session. What prayers will we pray? Why? Prayers of worship included here is praise. Now we understand that our, uh, our whole Christian life is worship. Praise is included in worship. Okay? A lot of times when we say praise and worship segment, especially if you're from Niger, um, praise segment is where the, 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 the drama is on Aria Aria. Say that's how it is. Is it Aria Aria? I'm trying to remember how it is. You know, no? Is that thing not an evil word? Yeah. Aria Aria, no? No, Aria. Aria. I'm trying to remember how, how it goes. But anyway, there's a way to beat it. So that's how we know that it's praise. When things funky like that. Mm -hmm. But when it's worship, that's how we celebrate, you know, celebrate it. But the point is that inside praise, I mean, inside worship, there's praise. Our whole life is for the worship of God, okay? But inside it is praise. And we'll see a definition of praise soon. But this is the first kind of prayer, okay? First Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I'm suspecting this particular point, but verse 8, let's see. Cool. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Okay, that's that's what Paul says. Lifting up holy hands. I want you to notice there's no point, as in exact point being drawn to. He just says, I wish that people pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. I want you to just note that. Lifting up holy hands. Go to Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Prayers of worship, prayers of praise, right? Revelation 4, verse 11. It says, thou art worthy. This is the prayer of worship. Praise. How do you see how it's addressed? Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You see, prayers of worship and praise exalt God. Understand? They adore him. They're addressed to him. No, not a, no prayer point is worship. Understand? You're magnifying him. Psalm 33, verse 6 to 9. So when, when you're uh, a song leader, or you're even you know, praising God on your own, these are some of the scriptures and ways of expressing your love for God. You can go for Psalm 33, 6 to 9. It says, by the word of the Lord, God loves when his word is glorified. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them, by the breath of his mouth, he gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He laid up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him, in adoration of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. And it continues like that. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to not. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. See, worship, praise is powerful. Because, look at that there, he says, he makes the devices of people of non-effect. When there's praise, this kind of worship and praise in your life, enchantments can work against you. Devices, things that are conjured against you don't work. Weapons, where there's praise. When Hezekiah was told that he's going to, you know, die, what was the point that he used in his prayer to God? He said, if I go, who's going to praise you? 
was going to worship you. That was one of the key things he raised. The Bible says that God spoke to the prophet and said, go back to him. Say, I'm adding another 15 years. Meaning what? 15 more years of worship, praise. So I want you to see that. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. These are prayers of worship. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. I want you to just look at them. 13. Let's see verse 15. It says, By him, by Jesus Christ, that's the him there, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. I want you to see that praise is a sacrifice to God. Okay? The sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. I want you to see that he's uh, explaining what praise is. Is defining it. It is the fruit of our lips, meaning you can't praise God quietly or in your heart, maybe. He says it's the fruit of our lips. What comes out? The words have to come out. You're saying something to him. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. See? Go to the amplified, amplified translation of this same one so that it exposites more. On what true praise is to God, what He sees as praise. You know, if you're if you're worshiping, how many of us, we, we like to be loved the way we perceive love? Have you ever met somebody that's maybe loving or expressing something to you, not in the way that maybe you appreciate it? Like some people can do uh, money on their birthday. Some people can't. Some people say, "Buy me something specific. Buy me the things on my pretty little things wish list. Don't give me money." You understand? So we like to be loved, praised the way uh, we like to be praised or worshipped or whatever you like it, right? Please don't be designing worship hands only for God. But I'm just saying something to you. So there's something beautiful about liking or loving someone the way they want to be. So this is how he sees it. Through him, therefore, let us at all times offer up to God. It's an offering up to God. It's sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. So when you're saying sweet things about him, you're declaring things. Lord, you made the heavens, you made the earth. There is none that compares to you. You're most beautiful, most holy. Ancient of days, none is before you. There is none like you. There will never be one like you. Nobody like you. We have that song. Nobody like you. You understand? These are songs of worship and praise. See? And he loves that. He loves that. Psalm 22, verse 3. That's the last one on this particular point in my, in my sermon. Psalm 22, verse 3. He says, But you are holy. Oh, you are enthroned where the praises of Israel are. He says, God is present where his praises are. See? He's present where his praises are. So, God is never absent from the life of the one who praises, who learns to praise, especially the way he wants to be praised. He will always be there. He says, he, the, another translation says, he inhabits the praises of his people. When his people are praising him, that's where he is. See? So, the second one, the second kind of prayer, second type of prayer. So, ask yourself, are your prayers only the give me, give me, give me, Lord, this, this, do you take time? So, pray to him. Devotion priesthood that's the next one devotion or priesthood sacrifice 
devotion or priesthood sacrifice. Another type of prayer. Exodus chapter 29. These are offerings. Okay? Now, devotion, priesthood. Exodus 29, and I'll read to you from 38 to 41. 38 to 41. Jesus said she's learned a lot. I'm so happy to hear that. See? Now, this is what you shall offer. Are we still in the Amplified? Yeah. Okay, let's go to KJV so that the words are few. <laughs> KJV. That's pro. Okay, yeah, you can try that one. The first one. Yeah. Search. Four. 38, yeah? Now, this is that which thou shalt offer. Okay, you not like this, but okay. Thou shalt offer upon the altar two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually, their sacrifices. The one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the lamb, and the other thou shalt offer at evening. And with the one lamb, a tenth part of flour. I want you to see how specific he was just being about sacrifices. God was being specific about sacrifices in the Old Testament. Okay, and it was the priests that were going to do this. And the prayer, and the point I'm on is devotion, priesthood. Priesthood sacrifice. So look how specific. And with one lamb, a tenth part of flour mingled with a fourth part of him. I'm just like, mm -hmm. in fact, those priests, they must have been like chefs or something, you know, so measuring equipment. The fourth part of the hymn of beaten oil and the fourth part of him of wine for a drink offering. This is how to make this one. And the other lamb thou shalt offer at evening and shall do thereto according to the meat offering of the morning and according to the drink offering thereof for a sweet sample, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. God established a priesthood with Aaron. Okay, and go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. Let's see something. Well, devotion, priesthood, sacrifice. Are we there? He says, God has made us kings and priests unto him. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He says, he's made us kings and priests. And I said that these are two very important things as a Christian. Now, the issue is, the world is able to help you love the kingly side, meaning the queen side, the part of wealth, honor, greatness, but they can't, they don't encourage the other side. But it's on the priest side that you see things like worship, sacrifice to God, honoring the house of God. He says, he's made us kings and priests, meaning you're meant to enjoy life, live as one of royalty, enjoy the power, do you understand? Desire a good life, but he also wants you to have that priestly side at work. Meaning the part of you that understands sacrifice to God. The part of you that understands going to church on a Sunday. You see, some people can pray to God, Oh Lord, prosper me, help me, this. That's the kingly side you want, isn't it? The kingly blessings. All of that. But the priestly side, honoring the house of the Lord. Going there on a Sunday, giving. Your tithes, offerings, will, I said we'll, we'll explain more about that. But priests, the priestly side. And I told you that every king needs a priest. And if you read through your Bible, all the kings that did not honor the priests, did not honor the temple, they always did against God. They always fell into error. They never acknowledged the prophets. Never asked for that guidance. You see? So we need both sides. Why did I show you something? In the, what we read earlier on in the book of Exodus, I want you to see that there was a morning one and an evening one. Now, I'm not here to set prayer time as to, okay, this 11 p.m. is a spiritual hour. If you're not, because I was once on the road one time and someone was preaching about it. I said, if you're not up by 11 p.m. praying, um, you're a dead man, you're a gone man. 
Uh, because you know, it's a priestly, it's a very, very serious time. I'm not here to give you a time. But you see, this priestly type of prayer is not a prayer you do because there is a matter on the line. This kind of devotion, you're not, you're not doing it because there is, you know, crisis. So let me pray. The priestly prayer is done continually. It's, it's, it's part of being a priest. You, you just offer up prayers. There may not be a specific prayer point. There may not be a specific, but you're offering prayers. Now, this is where if you don't really pray in tongues, you'll be wondering, what am I going to say? But you can always start with the prayer of worship. You can always start with prayer of worship and thanking him. Lord, I just thank you. You know, if you're around me, you just know sometimes I just thank you, Jesus. You go stand up from your bed and just the fact that you stood up, no pain. You say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Some people stand up and you know, dance it again. Have you ever seen an issue? Maybe you have an issue with your tailbone or something. Next thing, it's difficult for you to sit down. These are, you start to offer these kind of prayers from time to time. And then there are more specific ones in your priestly duty where you're just offering. I tell you that when crisis comes to your life, you either need to pray or you've already handled it already. You've already prayed. One of the two. When there's crisis, when there's an issue, you either need to pray or you've already conquered that thing. It's important. And when you understand this priestly prayer, this offering up continually, your prayers can go ahead of you. So that's why people come to Jesus and there was a, there was a matter and you didn't see him going to pray you know, about anything. Why? The Bible talks in the book of Luke. He said he had a continual discipline of going into the wilderness. It was not because he had a crusade coming up. It was not because there was some special program he was planning. He just had it as a discipline. For some ministers, some people, some mothers. Because fathers are usually, you know, they always want to try to get the bread while the mother is trying to cover. But in an age where the mother is also working, you now see how much they carry on their heads alone. So fathers have to step up. Like, look at, let's look at the gender divide in this place. Okay, I think the Lord has been working. It's quite equal for the first time I'm looking at it. See? But these prayers go ahead of you. When you learn to offer up these prayers continually, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, emphasizes the same thing. See? That you are a priest. So don't only desire that kingly side. The priestly side is important as well. Just go to Numbers. Just go straight to Numbers. Don't worry about the first Peter. Because it just tells us what, what priests are okay? Numbers chapter 6, I want to read you from verse 22 to 27. We all know this particular blessing because you probably heard it in that song that was trending at a certain time. Numbers 6, from verse 22 to 27. 22 says, And the Lord spake or spoke unto Moses, in this thing again, Lord, saying, Speak unto Aaron and his sons, the priests, hmm? saying, In this way you will bless the children of Israel. When a priest is at work, there's blessing. The Lord bless thee and keep thee as preserve thee. The Lord make his face shine upon you. When the Lord's face shines upon you, that's his favor. That's what they're talking about, favor. Let his face shine upon you. Because you care about what you're looking at. So it's like, let him be present for you. Let him, let him be there for you. Let his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Let him give you peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. He's saying that. The priests are the ones that are going to administer this blessing. He needs them to say it. See, that's why he told them, in this way you shall bless. This is the way you bless. And he says, saying, 
As I told you, it's something you have to understand? proclaim with lips. So the priests would do this, and the children of Israel would be blessed. They would be kept by the Lord. They would see the favor of the Lord. This is what would happen. And as a Christian, when you're attending to that priestly sacrifice, continual devotion to the Lord, you can see that kind of blessing at work. The next type of prayer is fellowship. Prayers of fellowship and its edification with glory. Fellowship and its edification with glory. Prayers of fellowship or fellowship and its edification. It's one word that uh, they're trying to not get rid of. It's, it's doing as if it's old English, but the Bible will keep it active. That word edify. It's not one that people know without First Corinthians 14. He that's forgetting the unknown tongue edifies himself. It's not really the word that you encounter like that. Fellowship and its edification with glory. This is a prayer about your communion with God. Your communion with the Spirit of God. First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1 verse 3. I want you to look at that. John chapter 1 verse 3 that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ fellowship and it's edification these are times of refreshing so just in communion like you have some friends that you just meet them just to chill not just on the line nothing you just just to chill just to talk. So God has things to tell you, but are you there in the place of fellowship? In, in the priestly prayer, you may not necessarily be, uh, or in the prayer of worship, you may not be listening for anything specific. You're not, you may not be listening for God to tell you something because you're still adoring him. Do you understand? But in that place of fellowship, there is a two-way communication. You're talking to him. He's talking back to you. It's so your prayer journal is active. See? Fellowship and it's edification with glory. It's edification with glory. It's a transformative prayer. Transformative prayer. First Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go to 14. 14. First Corinthians 14, verse 1, and then we'll come to that 12. How are we feeling so far? Everybody understanding? Flowing nicely? Cool. Verse 4 from 1. To four? Do I want to go that, that way like that? No. Okay. Verse 4. I'll still come back there. He says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesied edifieth the church. We'll come to the prophecy because it's one of the kinds. So I'll just uh, leaked and spot it for you. But it's cool. He says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Why is this uh, a powerful practice? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'll read verse 13 to you so that you understand. Why? Verse 13 says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether we are Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. When you speak in other tongues in the prayer of fellowship, you are drinking of the Holy Spirit. You are partaking of the Holy Spirit. That's how Ephesians chapter 5, let's go try Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, will be possible. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, if I'm talking to you and I'm saying, stop eating this, the next thing you're expecting me to say is what? 
what you should be eating, right? The same way. Be not drunken with wine, wherein is excess. So he's about to tell us what we should be drinking. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So he says, get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Get drunk in the Holy Ghost, meaning drink of the Holy Spirit. That is, learn of Him. Let Him be your source in that place of, of prayer. And let Him fill you. Let Him fill you with courage, with strength, with ideas. In that place of fellowship, that's where that happens. Okay? Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And I told you that there's a glory of it. Now, it's important to understand that prayer, as far as I'm concerned, is the sum total of communications with God. It's important that you understand this this way. Any kind of communication with God is prayer. You speaking to him, him speaking to you. Is that? There's, there's communication in that. And it's the sum total of communications with God. Now, if God calls his word him, if he says that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was God, it means that you also reading the word of God, declaring the word of God, is also a form of prayer. Now, 7 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'll read to you from verse 17 to 18. So that you see. All the way down to 17. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with uncovered face, beholding us in a glass, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Meaning the same spirit by which you speak in tongues and were filled with the spirit, that same spirit is in the word of God. And when you look into the word of God, he says you're looking into a mirror. Now he calls, he says, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Meaning that this word that you're staring at is a mirror. And if he says that what's in that mirror is the glory of God, what is he saying about you? It means you're the glory of God. You understand? Now, in our walk and our daily actions, it does not always appear like we're living and like that glory. But he says that that's where the transformation of the word of God happens. He says, as you behold, as you look into the word of God, you are changed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. So in this prayer of fellowship, included is reading your Bible, reading the Word of God, studying it, and you're praying, and you're saying the Scriptures. There's a communion happening. And that's why I said there's an edification. The word edify means to build, to improve something. So he says, as you look into the Word of God, you're being built, you're being improved. Therefore, understand? there's a change. Transformation and glory. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. A lot of scriptures. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Verse 28. He says, And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he, who is he? Jesus, took Peter and John and James, PJJ, and went up onto a mountain to pray. I promise you, three rounds, I'm telling you. Onto a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, as Jesus prayed, the appearance of his countenance, his face, was altered. And his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, they talked with him, they fellowshiped with him, two men, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease that he would die, which he should accomplish in Jerusalem. Okay? This was an encounter that the disciples had on top of the Mount of Transfiguration. Okay? But in that place of fellowship, remember, if you remember in 1 John where we read, that he says, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. All right? But included, he also said, your fellowship is with us. Meaning, in the place of this fellowship, that's where visions are possible. Is that? You see visions. You have encounters. 
with God. See? And notice that these encounters will not happen when you are too busy maybe asking or complaining about something in prayer. See? Because your mind will be too distracted and focused on the problem. Which is why sometimes when we're in presence of God, we say, hey, just let go of the outside world and all the issues and difficulties. Focus on Him. We're trying to get you to fellowship, worship. And that's when these kind of things can happen. And He says that the face of Jesus was changed before then. If you read in Acts chapter 6, you don't really have to go there. It talks about Stephen, who, though they were accusing him of a crime, they said that as they beheld his face, his face was like that of an angel. That's that glory that the Holy Spirit brings into your life. It happens as you study the Word of God and also as you pray in the Spirit. The next prayer, supplication, petition. This is the one that people know without being taught. Why? Because the very word prayer means ask. Oh, I pray thee, Jav, get me this. Oh, I pray thee, Annette, get me this. What? I'm asking. So in prayer, there is already asking involved. Supplication. James chapter 5. I'll save you the, the hassle. James chapter 5, verse 16. You see the prayer of supplication. He says, confess your faults one to another. Don't keep grudges. He says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. He's saying that you can have sicknesses or issues in your life because of unforgiveness, because of faults that you've not confessed, things that you've not confessed to another person. Hey, look, I've done you wrong. Or can we work out this issue? Let's solve this. See? I can tell you some whose migraine headaches have done this. Because in your, in your head, you have a list of people that you are beefing. And you have to remember that you are beefing them. As soon as you see them, your good heart was about to burst. You know you have to remember. So that's the issue there. Too many grudges. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another so that you be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The word prayer there is diasis, and it means supplication. The asking, the entreaty, the petition of a righteous person avails much, is able to achieve much. See? So it's the prayer of asking. Well, we're asking God for something specific. I would have read all these scriptures, but there, there are quite a lot um, on this particular one. But let's see something. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 15. So that you see examples. I'll show you examples of the prayer of worship, devotion. I want to show you examples of the prayer of supplication. Supplication. When you're asking God for something. Ephesians chapter 1. And I'll read to you from verse 15 to 19. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith, Paul is writing in the book of Ephesians to the people at Ephesus. Okay? I wanted to write a book to, or a letter to people in Zambia who died. So, therefore I also, <laughs> therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you. I've snitched another one. Making mention of you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, I'm asking, you see, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He says, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is wisdom? Insight into reality. Insight into reality and revelation and unveiling. You see, so you see something for what it truly is. In the knowledge of him. He says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. 
and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You can actually have a sermon of this verse, but, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? See, but he's praying that God will grant this to these people. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, have you ever found somebody who doesn't believe in the gospel? The Bible tells us that their understanding has been darkened. So they see your things and they don't, they don't relate to it. They're like, this is foolishness. This is crazy. That they say you're deluded. It's actually because of this. He says their understanding has been darkened. If you read uh, Ephesians chapter 2, that's where you get that. He says their understanding has been darkened. Their ability to perceive the gospel and the truth behind it has been darkened. See? So they're not able. So he says intercede for them. Pray for them. I'll switch another one. Okay? Pray for them that their understanding, their ability to perceive the truth will be enlightened so that they can believe. Understand? So that is prayer of asking for something. Ephesians chapter 3, you don't have to go there. 3 verse 14, Paul prays another prayer. These are prayers for the church. Maybe I'll give you that assignment. You can go and see them. You can see Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to 19, that's this one. There's another one that he prayed for the church. Ephesians chapter 3, from verse 14 to 17. If you're ever wondering what to pray for the church, or your family, or somebody who is in, in the faith, or trying to get stronger, and even for yourself, these are some good ones. Ephesians 3, 14 to 17. Another one is Colossians chapter 1, from verse 9 to 11. Okay? Colossians chapter 1, from verse 9 to 11. Um, cool. But now let's go to Philippians chapter 1, from verse 3 to 4. I want you to see something. So, yes, we all like to ask God for things. How do I do this effectively? Okay? Can anyone tell me how long I've been preaching for? Can I finish now? Anybody know? 30, 35, already. 40. Look at this one. 42. <laughs> ah, is it 42 there? Okay. I'll close. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1, from verse 3 to 4. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Isn't that nice? For someone to think about you and they're just the thanks. Not heavy. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in my every prayer for you. Always in my every prayer for you. All making requests with joy. What translation is that? <laughs> KJ21? You need to get updated, man. He says, but he says, every time I pray for you, I, I make requests with joy. That's what I want you to see. Making requests with joy. How do you ask God for things? Oh God, if you just do it for me, just do it for me. <laughs> he says, make requests with joy. Father, I thank you. See, Father, I thank you. This is, this is tr it's troubling me right now. The Bible says that he can relate to your pain, meaning he can feel your pain. He knows why it's hurting. He knows why, you know, the situation is so bad. He can feel it. So don't think that it's by your tears. If you have more tears and, and you squeeze your face, maybe he will just think he will take you seriously. He's already taking you seriously. As soon as you said in Jesus' name, he's taking you seriously. It's like your parents. If you go, if, if, you, know, you go to your, your father now and say, um, Lagbaja, maybe who is Lagbaja? <laughs> The account is already closed because nothing is coming out of it. We say J. J means, oh, my, my daughter, my daughter J. Do you understand? There's concern. The same thing with God. So you don't have to try and convince him that the matter is serious. He knows it's serious. He can feel it. I can tell you that he, he wants the answer just like you. But he needs you to pray about it. 
God could bless the children of Israel by himself if he wanted. You know, some people just believe God will, God will do it. He can do anything by himself. Of course he can. But he has rules, principles. He says that when you want to bless the children of Israel, say this, and he will cause that blessing to happen. So he needs you to say it the same way. God knows that that matter is pressing, but he needs you to pray. He needs you to mention it. He needs you to mention it. So the way to do that, he says, do it with joy. All right? An assurance. When you do it with joy and with thanks, it's an assurance that, okay, it'll happen. It'll happen. So what, right now on the prayer of supplication, I will end this one here as a dose. But I'm excited to talk more on them um, when next we meet, to just see more of these. I've, I've given you how many now? Four. Four? Four. Great. So we just have three more to go and we're done. Right? Seven times of prayer. But ask yourself, are you asking God for things, supplicating with joy? Or is it with worry and anguish and pain and, and fear? See? Do you have a priesthood? And some people can say, is your altar alive? There must be fire in the altar. Fire. Hmm? Priesthood. Devotion. Devotion. Right? Is there worship in your life? Praise. Do you say sweet things to him? You know, some people, they have these parents, uh, it doesn't hide, that they'll, you know, when they're talking to their father, if, if they just say some things, ah, dad, they're ritual. <laughs> Look at this, this, this. But then we talk to that one, talk to that one. Father is feeling, oh my God, what do you want me to do now? <laughs> some people have those parents, you know, what do you want me to do? What do you, no, money, now? Now, now, now. You see? But if you didn't start with all that introduction, you just say, daddy, my rent is. <laughs> talk to your mother. <laughs> talk to your mother about it, you understand? See? So even God the same way. Remember, we got our personality from God. He's a person, meaning he feels, he thinks. He's a reason we're made in his image and likeness. So you're not far from him, or he's not far from you. So the same way, when you talk to him, when you spend time, you say, Lord, you, you great God of the heavens. You know that what you really want to ask for now is your, is your rent, you see. So depending on how great it is, you know, it's like you great God of heaven. No school is not under your control. Yes. You know, and, you, and you get there. Is that? Yeah, you want to say something? It's something that my, um, I, so what, the, the song I did for yesterday, like the last, the second verse of it is something I got from my dad. What he does before he starts, um, before he gets into the meter, he always takes time to praise God. Oh, you're the King of Kings, you're the Lord of Lords, you're the Alpha, the Omega, mm -hmm. you're the beginning and the end, you're changing, changing, the ancient of days, the beginning of the valley. <laughs> The land of the tribe of Judah. What's like that names that like, that's all he's telling them, he's telling them. <laughs> that's exactly what he does, right? We work for he he spends like five minutes or so just doing that. Just like I just started writing, I just took notes of him and I just started writing that and me too. I've started, I've started with God, you're the king of it. That's yeah, basically yeah. how I look at does this thing. So take note of those prayers and get inspiration from the scriptures and other people, you know, how to do that. But Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for this wonderful sermon, what we've started, seven types of prayer. May we pray more, Lord. Let us learn to pray and worship you more. Let us learn to praise you more, praise you the Bible way. Yes, let our lives be filled with priesthood sacrifice. Let us be able to offer our prayers to you. Even when there's nothing to pray about, let us learn to pray and commune and fellowship with you. Show us your visions, your thoughts, your idea, your plan and purpose for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you speak to us and we would hear you, would hear your voice, would know which way to go always and we will not be confused thank you lord for your grace is present with us your blessing is with us in jesus mighty name amen, amen. hallelujah great so 
Those are the offering details. Feel free to give an offering to the Lord. Uh, one of the points I was going to mention is that, so this is another kind of, all right, responding to your sacrifice of praise and worship. And understanding that it's not a donation. You know, sometimes when you're filling out these uh, school forms, you see donation and all these kind of things. But it's not a donation. You're not donating to God. He doesn't see it as a donation. He sees it as a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. As a sacrifice you're giving to him. So give an offering to the Lord from your heart, whatever. It's, it's a free will offering. So it's all you. Okay? But we'll definitely deal with uh, more on this. But who learned something? One or two things here and there? Hey. Cool. So we'll definitely see again. That said, I can conclude this wonderful service with the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. And surely, God's goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives as we dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever.